Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Suncast and this, the second annual Solar Power International Know Before You Go episode. If you're new here, thank you for joining me. And I hope you'll check out more episodes. And if you tuned in to episode 112 from last fall, then you know the inaugural No Before You Go was chock full of amazing advice. In fact, I'd advise you to go back and cue that one up as well. It is full of timeless tidbits on maximizing the opportunity before, during, and after the trade show. It's always a lot of fun when we get to grab multiple perspectives on a topic. And this year's conversations did not disappoint. From Amy Tuck's advice on SPI for introverts to Danielle Danko's excellent overview of what is new this year at the show, this episode is just what you need to dominate when you arrive to Salt Lake City. And of course, we do have cameo appearances from industry veterans, but I'd also like to urge that if you have additional advice, feel free to sound off, share it on Twitter and LinkedIn, hashtag N-A-S-E-W-1-9, as you'll hear in the show, there are more than one hashtag to share. There's just so much going on at SPI that we can't possibly capture it all, but we sure are going to try. Remember, if you'd like to meet me or some of the other amazing guests that we've had here on Suncast in person, you'll have the chance in Salt Lake City. And it won't be just the guests from our show, as we are hosting the first ever podcast lounge at SPI with several other podcasters from the space, names that you would recognize. It's all going down at booth 7005. And even if you can't make it to the show, be sure to bookmark www.podcastlounge.live so you can stay abreast of the program and watch the live stream. Yeah, that's right. A live stream. We're not committing to streaming every single second of the day, but we are going to have it going live on YouTube, Facebook, and hopefully LinkedIn. We look forward to seeing you there if you can make it. And don't forget to check out podcastlounge.live. But for now, let's get going with our first guest on this year's SPI 2019, Know Before You Go, here on Suncast. We're going to kick things off with my new friend and fan, Amy Tuck, Principal and Creative Director for Corbet Creative. Amy, welcome to Suncast. Thank you for having me, Nico. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you here. We've been uh, uh, sort of following each other's work over the years and have uh, we finally connected. And I look forward to hanging out with you at SPI. It's always a good time to catch up through the year with the folks that you become friends with in the interwebs. One of the ways that you made a positive impact on my life by making my life easier this year was a fantastic post that you created in July. You are such a great planner. 
called Is Your Company Ready for the Next Solar Trade Show? Now, this is not explicitly tuned for SPI, although it does, in fact, reference that the big trade shows are coming. This was July. September is always kind of the trade show uh, buzz. Let's get tactical here for those who have jumped in and really want to know on their flight to Salt Lake City, perhaps, how can they really maximize their investment, not just of their booth or what have you, but time. Time is our greatest investment. So you created this post that really like helps from 90 days out all the way into the show. I'd love to know at a macro level, what do you feel are maybe the three biggest boulders, right? What are the biggest levers that one can pull to ensure that they have a good trade show experience? And then we'll drill down from there. A couple of the things that I always advise people to do is, you know, if you're actually part of a team that is has a booth at the show, make sure to give the people that are working at the booth time to go walk the show. And I know that sounds silly, but there is so much learning that happens. They can see what other people are doing. They can see what other people are presenting, how they're presenting it. Oftentimes, I find that people find their team is stuck at the booth and that's where they are the whole time. And, you know, sometimes if you only have one or two people going, that's not realistic. But if you have a larger group of um, salespeople going, make sure that they're scheduling time and that you're scheduling time and when they should be at the booth for them to go walk the show. This is really basic. Make sure you have business cards. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in networking events, and this has happened on more than one occasion at the Women in Solar and Storage Luncheon, where people have said, you won't believe it, I forgot my business cards, or I ran out. And, you know, the Women in Solar and Storage event is Wednesday in the middle of the day. You still have a day and a half of the show. So, you know, the plan to have more than you need. Take the time, you know, I know that you mentioned this last year on your um, Know Before You Go, but take the time to download the app, um, understand where you're going on the show floor, understand where the meeting areas are, and understand what talks you want to go to. Something that I do every year is very much look at subject matter. And this is the subject matter that I would like to go to those talks and be focused because there is so, so much going on at SPI. There's always a million and 10 things to do. So make sure that if you have a very, very specific subject matters that you're focusing on, it makes it easier to actually get to those specific talks. You know, when you are scheduling time for meetings, make sure that you schedule time to get to the meeting. So don't do back-to-back meetings. I know that sounds silly, but if you've got a meeting that you're meeting at, you know, a specific booth and you're going across the trade show floor to have another meeting, inevitably, it's a a small solar family, even though it's 15,000 people, inevitably you will meet people that you want to stop to chat with. So give yourself a half an hour buffer or 45 minute buffer between meetings. Is there anything uber last minute for the procrastinator in us that you would say, hey, make sure you do X, Y, Z? Number one, make sure that you have the social media tags. I mean, you know, if you're going to be live tweeting on the floor, if you're going to be using LinkedIn, I know that sounds silly, but they actually have introduced a new social media tag this year, um, as opposed to just SPI con, they have NASEW19. There we go. Are there any other critical hashtags that we should really be focused on for, for social media? 
if you are in the energy storage side, make sure to include ESICON. And then, of course, you have um, solar and energy storage. EVs is a big one. I, you know, that's a strong push at the show this year. Um, so make sure hashtag EV uh, if you're including information on that. Your domain expertise is branding. I wonder if you might have like a zinger on branding. Uh, maybe it's from your article or something that you can think of that even if we're four or five days out, something people can think about that helps them position their brand at a trade show. Something that I think is vitally important, and this is for booth or if you are walking the show floor, practice your elevator speech. I know it sounds silly, but um, you know, understand that that why, what you're bringing to the industry, make sure that everybody on your team, if you're in a booth, understands that specific brand message. I know that sounds silly, but you know we, we get so into the tactical that sometimes we forget that, that higher level strategic, what we want to actually say to other people. We're so much thinking about what we're learning, what we're going to see, what we're going to do. We sometimes forget about how we need to brand ourselves. And that is important in what we say to other people. You know, what is that? I do this. You know, my company provides this. You know, I want to tag on to that. Something that I've seen successful companies do, and I've seen perceived successful companies not do, and therefore have a mediocre show experience, show after show, year after year, that, that kind of goes along with this. It's super important that the message is clear across the entire marketing and sales team. But it almost never gets translated on the day of the show. And there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of things coming back and forth. I think the companies that get it right have a mandatory all-hands meeting every morning, whether that's in the hotel where you have strategically had everyone stay or whether it's at the booth. And I get it. It's hard. Like It's hard to get the sales guy that has an 8.30 breakfast to show up at 9.30 before the show hall opens, right? But that all-hands meeting sets the tone for the day. I can tell you, like Dan Sugar does this at Next Tracker, right? There's an all-hands meeting. And as the company grows, it gets more difficult, but there's also an all hands end of day meeting. And it, even if it's just with the people that are at the booth and they'll sit down and I've seen Baywa do this, like companies, uh, you can see them making their little circle before the show starts or, or even after the show starts before everyone's allowed to sort of disperse saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. There's a game plan. And then at the end of the day, how'd we do to be execute on the game plan? Just the way a coach would do at the end of a football game or a baseball game, right? Like, Hey, you know, Alex, you did a great job today. You got, and, and everybody report, like, do you get 40 leads or do you get four? What do we need to do tomorrow to improve that traction? Well, you know, even more basic than that, you know, it's like, I you can see, I can very much see almost a division, that morning meeting. And I agree, you know, I, successful companies, um, you know, Fronius USA, I, you know, they do that. And I think it's incredibly valuable. Morning meetings are much more strategic here, you know, you know, it's, a division of purpose and, you know, here's why we're here. This is what we're you know doing. And in the evening, it's much more of a tactical meeting where, hey, what were the two or three major questions that you got asked again and again? How did you answer them? Amy, I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely critical. I think that level of coordination and thoughtfulness in the planning and the strategy differentiates the, the mediocre from the great, right? So one of the things that people have a hard time with is it just so happens Many creatives, many engineers that are forced to be in the booth are introverts. <laughs> so, Amy, I know that you are a self-proclaimed introvert, and I'm sure that you have given, I know your exposure to the industry, come up with coping mechanisms. I'd wonder if you might have a few tips and tricks on SPI for introverts. 
Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad you asked because this is something that I have struggled with every year. I always have to very much psych myself up because I am very much an introvert. I have found a few things that I think are really valuable. Um, you know, I find it very difficult to actually go into a booth without knowing somebody. A few items that I always try and do is it's, it's about preparation have a question prepared. If, mm. if you want to, you know, if there's uh, you know, people you want to meet at a specific booth, you know, go to their website, look on Twitter, look on LinkedIn, watch a video. I mean, it takes a little bit more preparation, but have a couple of questions prepared that you can have that can help you start a conversation. It gives you a place to start where you're not starting from scratch. And that is really important for an introvert. And look, this is something, Amy, that can be done. I mean, with a 4G world, this is something you can do on the trade show floor, for goodness sake, put in your AirPods, look up that company that you want to walk into their booth on Instagram or on Facebook or on their website or on YouTube, watch two minutes worth of content and walk in and ask someone about that content. Like this is, it's not that, yeah, it's like there are little tweaks that prep, that can prepare you with a sense of confidence that you understand enough about their business to engage in a conversation. That's really smart. You know, and I, I always have a few canned questions that, you know, when I meet somebody new, you know, to, you know, it's like, okay, once you've done the introductions and you're saying, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, hi, I'm so-and-so, what's the next question you ask? How do you continue the conversation? And I always have a few canned questions. Some of the questions I asked are, <laughs> people are going to hear these again when they meet me on the floor. So. Perfect. <laughs> what have you seen that surprised you at the show? Other questions I asked, you know, what are trends that you're seeing? What is your can't miss event? There are, you know, the second day you can, or, you know, after say the general session, oh, did you go to the general session? What did you think of Abby Hopper saying this or, you know, that kind of thing? You know, just having a few of those canned questions that, you know, you can just immediately draw from They're at the forefront of your mind are very, very helpful. If you go to the educational sessions, listen to the questions that people ask at the end. And then you can start a conversation with that person that asked that question about that question. I've had some amazing conversations with people that asked questions. They weren't giving the session, but they asked questions at the end that were just, that were absolutely valuable. You know, I can think of one um, off the top of my head that I had about PV recycling. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing conversation and it wasn't the topic of that talk, but he'd asked the question and then we had a conversation afterwards. So, you know, there's things like that that you can do. All right, we're going to roll into our session with the Senior Director of Marketing for Solar Energy Trade Shows, colloquially known as SETS, Ms. Danielle Danko. Welcome to Suncast. Nico, thank you so much for having me. Indeed, it's an exciting time. We're rolling into the final stretch here, and I wanted to see if from the, the source we could get a little more information. At a high level, the program that folks can expect for North America Smart Energy Week, not to be confused with SPI, right? And we're going to probably talk a little bit more about that, um, that messaging with Abby a bit later. But the program itself at a high level is something that falls under the purview of Marcom in terms of making sure people understand what they're getting into. So anything new this year and at a 30,000 foot level, what should the attendees at North America Smart Energy Week really be gearing up and expecting? 
Yeah, we've got a lot on deck this year for um, the attendees at North America Smart Energy Week. There's going to be um, nearly 300 education sessions, and they're going to cover policy, trends, application, and finance um, in terms of solar storage. Um, this year, we're going to have wind and hydrogen and fuel cells, as well as um, EV infrastructure as well. So there's a couple new things that we're adding to the program this year. And we're also going to have, I think, a really exciting general session to kick us off on Monday night. And it's called the Vision for Solar and Supporting Technologies. It's going to talk about why our industries as a whole, the greater renewable and clean energy sector, need to have a unified voice. That is going to be 5 p.m. on Monday evening. I didn't know that there was a general session on Monday, so I'll have to put that one on my calendar. You should too, Warriors, if you're listening to this and you're coming in on Monday. Make sure to get to that session. I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation very recently about this notion of a unified voice. And I know that's one of Abby's hot buttons. So that should be a not to miss session if you're around on Monday afternoon. What else, Danielle? So we've got a lot of really exciting stuff this year that um, I think the attendees at North America Smart Energy Week are going to be really excited about. Um, one of those is Wind Energy International, and that includes wind from both a utility scale and a distributed wind perspective. And we're partnering with DWIA, so the Distributed Wind Energy Association, on the distributed side. So there's going to be both exhibitors there, exhibitors there as well as content. Um, another thing that we have on the show floor this year, as well as in the content, is going to be EV infrastructure. And we're partnering with Easy EV, who's going to help us provide both education as well as a ride and drive, which will be off the show floor since they don't allow cars on the show floor. The other cool thing that we're going to have is a podcast lounge, which is actually going to be um, in partnership with Nico uh, at Suncast. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be really exciting. So there's actually going to be uh, three full days of podcasts with folks from all around the industry. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I really appreciate you throwing that in as uh, something new this year. Uh, if, if folks who are avid Suncast listeners have heard me speak about it ad nauseum, uh, live. So we just are about to announce the program for that too. Stay tuned. I mean, you're listening to this days before SPI, so you should go check that out. That's going to be a lot of fun. Day three, which Daniel, I don't know if you knew about, is actually we tacked on And PV Magazine is going to be supporting in helping make day three a success from a programming perspective. So our friends over there, Christian Roslin and John Weaver, are going to be broadcasting from the booth on day three, which is fun. And days one and two are jam-packed. We had over 60 applications for 30-ish spots for the Podcast Lounge. So we're really excited and super grateful, by the way. Shout out to Chloe on the education team for helping create some synergy between the education sessions that you just mentioned, more than 300, and the podcast lounge where we'll have some folks coming over from their session or their presentation to unpack a little bit more the details of what they were speaking about at the podcast lounge. So for me, that's the most exciting thing happening at North America Smart Energy Week this year. (laughs) I I can't wait to swing by. I am so excited about it. Fantastic. Well, is there, uh, apart from the podcast launch, of course, is there a not to miss event on your book? You know what? I feel like every event is a do not miss on my book. (laughs) But I'm pretty excited about the block party this year. I'm excited about the block party every single year. But it's kind of got like a Coachella theme, which I think is really appropriate for being in the Intermountain West. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. 
the block party is one of those interesting elements that you, you have to buy it or you have to have a full conference pass. And I know a lot of people who end up at the show buying a pass to the block party because they realize just how cool it is. And a lot of folks go, right? Like there are competing other events, obviously, because you can't be everywhere at once. But if you're new to SPI, buy the block party ticket. It's usually a real blast. And if you're like us, old timers to SPI, show up at the block party because all your friends are going to be there. That's where all the cool kids hang out. Really quick, Nico, if you if this is the first time you are coming to North America Smart Energy Week, um, we do have some programming for first timers. There is a first timer session at three o'clock on Monday, um, which I actually get to host. And we also have a little bit of programming in a new lounge on the show floor, which is called the Community Lounge. So if you've never been to the event, it's a really good way to kind of like get your feet wet. So it's in the hydrogen and fuel cells area next to the um, second part of Energy Storage International and really close to Startup Alley. Oh, yeah, I see it. It's also close to the podcast lounge. It's a podcast area. Yeah. So after you've come by the podcast lounge at 7005, you just mosey on past the EV charging infrastructure to the big area called Community Lounge 7127. If you're looking at the floor map on the show. It's directly in between the words hydrogen and fuel cells and energy storage international. Super easy to find. Go check out the community lounge. Come check out the podcast lounge. Lots of lounging around. So if people are lounging around, what should they be doing with their time in terms of scrolling the social networks? You're the Marcom head for the show. How can folks be engaged online? Well, actually, if they want to be online and in person, they're also a tweet up, which is on Wednesday at five o'clock, um, right in front of the Vivint booth and sponsored by Vivint. But if you want to make sure that you're in the conversations online, use the hashtags SPICon and also ESICon as well as NASU19. Well, Danielle, as we wrap it up here, I'd love to know if you have a prediction for this year's sort of macro theme. What do you think people are going to come away from North America's Smart Energy Week talking about the most? You know, I think it's going to be along the lines of the general session theme. I think it's going to be how we can talk as a greater industry. So instead of having singular voices, we're much stronger together. And I think that SPI, ESI, and North America Smart Energy Week um, have tried to show that through bringing in other technologies like wind energy, as well as hydrogen and fuel cells and EV infrastructure. So I think that's going to be something that everyone will take away from the event this year. And you know what, Nico, one more thing, whether it's your 10th time coming to the show or this is your first time coming to the show, download the mobile app. It is the most up-to-date place where you can see the podcast lounge schedule as well as the block party theme and who's exhibiting in Startup Alley, which also brings me to another fun and new thing showing at the show, which will be 40 exhibitors uh, showcasing their startups. And there's also going to be, so you can see what they're pitching, um, a showcase on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon, which is also in the hydrogen and fuel cell hall, really close to the podcast and the community lounge. I love it. Danielle Danko is Senior Director of Marketing for Solar Energy Trade Shows. And you've got it straight from the source, how you can best prepare and engage at this year's North America Smart Energy Week. Danielle, thanks for your time. Thank you, Nico. Looking forward to seeing everybody. You know, the solar industry is increasingly competitive. How are you differentiating yourself and your company to close more sales? Our friends over at Aurora Solar, you know, the NREL validated solar sales and design tool that I've been mentioning lately, 
Well, they've conducted over a year of research into understanding precisely what makes a solar sales proposal succeed. And they've agreed to share their insights with Suncast listeners in a free ebook. It's called The Solar Sales Playbook for Proposals That Close. You can go to mysuncast.com forward slash Aurora to download this playbook for free. And if we've done our job right, you should also see the link in the description for this episode in your podcast player. Check it out. And thanks to Aurora for this amazing free resource. And of course, since this is the SPI edition, if you're going to be in Salt Lake and want to meet the Aurora team in person, check them out at the Software Pavilion. They are at booth 3637. Aurora Solar Inc. Booth 3637 at Solar Power International in the Software Pavilion, right smack dab in the middle of the floor. Now, back to know before you go. All right, next up for this year's Know Before You Go episode, North America Smart Energy Week 2019 is the returning guest and Suncast friend and family member, Christian Roseland, editor for North America for PB Magazine US. Did I get that right? It's okay. U.S. editor. Nobody knows that because I was America's editor for a long time because I was translating from Spanish and then I wasn't, you know, it's, it's cool. U.S. editor magazine. I run the USA project. The project, as it were, that pumps out great content daily. If you haven't gone to pvmagus.com or whatever there, you can find it. (laughs) pv-magazine-usa.com. Gratuitous plug for PV Mag here on the (laughs) No Before You Go episode. Christian, glad to have you back, man. Thank you, Nico. It's, I'm glad to be here. It's a pleasure to, to chat with you. Yeah, man. Fall is in the air, which means that North America Smart Energy Week, aka SPI, is right around the corner. If you're listening to this, then that's because you are very curious about how to maximize your time at the show. And Christian and I have more than a decade of experience going to trade shows, and we're going to glean a little bit of Christian's expertise. So with that in mind, at a 30,000-foot level, Christian, as a professional conference goer, as you and I are, do you have any specific advice, maybe global advice, on how to leverage the trade show and maximize your and optimize your experience? Wow, this is difficult. You know, this is one of these things that I've been doing for a decade and I still feel like I could improve at, you know, that is just, it's inherently complicated because at the end of the day, this is about time management and there are so many competing priorities. You know, there are so many people to see, there are so many people to do business with, there are so much, so many parties to go to, networking events, you know, so many conference sessions to learn from and how do you do all of this? And, you know, over the years, I I can't say that I've, gotten this down to where I want it to have it down, but I can say that I've learned a few things. And one of the things, the top things that I've learned is do not over schedule. So if you're looking at your calendar and you have meetings scheduled every half hour, you're making a mistake because you're going to have to rush from one of those meetings to the next. You're going to be cutting them off at 20 minutes. So what I do, I schedule meetings every hour and I give myself time and I give myself time to walk the floor and see things that I hadn't seen before and learn things because solar energy storage, these industries are continually evolving and continually growing. No one knows what the future will hold in its particular and specific details. And you need a chance to learn about what's going on with the latest things. Also, if you're like me and 
part of your job is understanding this industry and the, the circumstances more deeply, take time to go to some of the conference sessions. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Christian. And one of the things I'll tag on there, I love that hack on your part to say, I'm only going to schedule in the hour. Because let's look, I mean, look, if the show, if you imagine that your meeting started at eight o'clock, because you could always do a breakfast meeting and they go till, let's call it four o'clock, because every other meeting after that includes alcohol, that gives you eight possible meetings a day. Now, an interesting way to think about this is what if I even cut that in half and I said, who are the four most important people I should see today? Right. So then you prioritize those four meetings and everything else falls in around them. Totally agreed. I actually schedule only 44 or five people a day mm. because at the end of the day, I need time to do other things. You know, yeah. I need time to walk the floor. And if you've been in this industry any time, ultimately at the end of the day, human relationships are a huge part of this. And when you're there at the show with a whole bunch of people in your industry, you're going to meet people and you're going to want to talk to people and you're going to want to catch up. You're going to want to maintain those relationships. A lot of this is going to happen spontaneously. It's like making plans to, you know, making plans are, are great, but it's, it's a little bit like making plans to see somebody at a concert, you know, or Burning man. You're not necessarily, you know, you're going to run into people. And you need to make time for that magic to happen, for those spontaneous interactions to happen. Because some of those people you meet spontaneously, you may end up doing business with. Some of them you may end up becoming friends with. And it's not just at the show, right? I mean, you and I were talking a bit about last year's uh, episode, which is episode yeah. 112. You know, I learned something good from last year's episode. I learned a number of things that were going on in the show, but it actually changed the way that I go to these trade shows. Lisa Ann Pinkerton of Technica Communications, she said... Don't get everyone's card. Only get the cards of the people who you are going to reach out to later. And then after the show, send everyone a note whose card you got. And you know, that's just stellar advice because we've all been in this situation where we show back up from a show. We've got 50 business cards. We don't remember who these people are. That's just a waste of your time and their time. Take time after the show, email them or call them, drop them a line, say, hi, it was great to meet you. But just doing that will help to establish the relationship because relationships, you know, this isn't about quantity. This is about quality. Speaking of quality, there are a number of quality sessions not to miss. I'm curious what's on your list of things not to miss at the show this year. There's a couple of sessions on Tuesday morning that I'm particularly interested in. I noticed that 9.30 to 11.30, there's a session on how to finance without a PPA that goes into the use of, of hedges and the oh, wow. nascent move toward the merchant market that we see going on in Texas. This is a huge development. There's also one that's going on from 11 to 1 p.m. that's pioneers in deep decarbonization. I'm, I'm particularly interested in this because you know, there's been this whole debate about very high levels of renewable energy, about 100% clean versus 100% renewable. I'll be honest with you. Nobody knows how this is going to work out because the only places that we've seen that have gotten to 100% renewables without hydro are relatively small islands in the Pacific. So there are places that are part of larger grids, but they import and export power. So that's not the same. So this is an emerging field. Uh, there's a lot of strong evidence that shows that we can get to very high levels of renewable energy near 100% or maybe 100% using existing technology without an excessive cost. Of course, this is a very geographic. This is also very geographically specific. But since this is something that I'm interested in and it's sort of near and dear to me, that's another session that I'm going to be sure to to catch. 
You know, you guys have your own uh, interesting topics to speak about, aren't you? Like for the better half of a day, you're leading some some symposium or something like that. Tell me about it. Right. So this is why I'm actually not looking at anything at Wednesday on the schedule is because PV Magazine is actually on the SPI schedule this year with our quality roundtable and future PV roundtable. Congratulations. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be working more closely with sets. You know, we've been doing this in the United States for four years and we feel like you know, it's good to have that that partnership. You know, it's a newly developed thing, and uh, we're we're really honored to be part of that. We're excited this year. Uh, both the Quality Roundtable and the Future PV Roundtable have some really interesting speakers. I think that the Quality Roundtable is the one that's sort of jumping. It's jumping out a little bit more at people because we have a panel on fires and how to avoid them using component selection and installation practices. And obviously, something that everybody's thinking about ever since Walmart sued. Tesla over the fires on the roofs of its stores. Huge topic, huge topic. Yeah, we're covering that at the podcast lounge as well, as you know. And uh, there's two things happening at the podcast lounge. And one of those obviously is going to be at your PB roundtable from a coverage perspective that I think people just aren't tuned into yet. And that is the fires and the afterlife of PB panels, which both stand to give us a black eye and <laughs> we got to get out ahead of it. Sure. Yeah, we absolutely do. And I think there's a lot of good work that's been done. I also think that there's a lot of places where we kind of have to do some rumor control because when we look at the actual number of incidences of fires, and we've been doing some deep research on this that you can expect on the PV Magazine site soon, it's very, very low, a very small portion of 1%, far, far, multiple significant digits less than 1% of all PV installations catch fire. But when they do, it's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and obviously, you know, the, the rate of failures of Tesla systems on the roof of Walmarts is much higher than 1%. <laughs> so they got a bad batch there. But how do you avoid that? Yeah. You know, uh, how, do you, how do you deal with that? What do you do to take proactive steps to make sure that doesn't happen? We have a number of people who are electrical balance of systems suppliers who have some insights into that, not just in terms of what products to use and how to select the right products to make sure this doesn't happen, but in terms of installation techniques, because that's where there's some stuff going on in the industry that may not be a good idea. Let's put it that way. And if you read through the lines of the Walmart lawsuit, you'll see there's a lot of mention of how the connectors were installed and what connectors were installed to what. Ooh. Nice teaser. So hopefully folks will step, swing by to see that. What else is uh, the, the future PV in a, in a soundbite? Tell me about that. This one. So this doesn't have fires, but this does have a lot of, it has a number of things that I think are really interesting. So the first, we're having two panels there. The first panel, we have Solar Edge, First Solar, and Mark Alstrom from the Energy Systems Integration Group at NextEra, a real superstar here, talking about how solar can provide essential services to the grid, both front of the meter and behind the meter. So we're going to be talking about stuff like uh, use of reactive power for voltage regulation, frequency regulation, how we're going to keep the frequency stable on the grid when we don't have large spinning masses, something that Mark Alstrom knows a lot about. I've interviewed him on this subject. The news is good for solar, but it's complicated. And then we have Solar Edge, and that's going to be Peter Matthews, a VP in North America, who's going to be talking about how to use behind-the-meter resources, how they can interact intelligently with the grid. And here, I think what we're really looking at is load shaping and demand response and how you can use these behind-the-meter resources intelligently to make the job of running the grid easier, not harder. So that one's exciting. And then the second panel we have, I think, is equally interesting. Uh, we're going to have folks from ET Solar, from Horaeus, 
And we're going to have Jenya Medbrave, the CEO of PV Evolution Labs, talking about cell and module technology, how we get to higher efficiency while keeping costs low. And this is complicated. There's a whole lot of new technologies. The other thing we're really excited about at SBI is being a partner on the podcast lounge. I'm, you know, just really looking forward to sitting down, getting to do some interviews. You know, Nico, it was very generous of you to have us join in on this. At the end of the day on Tuesday, we're going to have John Weaver, also known as the commercial solar guy who writes for us and develops solar projects. He's going to be giving his hardware rundown. He's going to be talking about everything that he sees around the show, which he always, he always catches interesting things. Christian, it is a jam-packed week, and there's a lot of different themes. You see a lot of the things that come up as meta filters, what the industry is thinking about, where the voice of our industry is going. And a lot of times people come in thinking one thing and leave the show thinking another. So I wanted to end asking you, what do you feel is your prediction this year as the macro theme that attendees are going to come away with from SPI? I think that more and more we're getting into innovation. I think that this is really getting to be about solar and storage is taking off in a huge way. We just covered, we've covered this year some incredibly low-priced contracts. And I think that, you know, solar is moving beyond solar into solar plus storage and into this flexible resource that can generate electricity whenever needed. That means a whole lot of technical innovation on the battery side, on the inverter side, Solar is really coming of age, and now we're about to take on some really interesting technical tasks, and along with that, take a much bigger chunk. That opens the door for solar to take a much bigger chunk of the electric grid. Well, as we watch how things unfold, it will be exciting to see if your prediction comes true. We've been speaking with Christian Rosalind, U.S. editor for PV Magazine. Come hang out with us at the Podcast Lounge. Go hang out with Christian at the Round Table. And you are now more well-equipped to attend this show. Christian, appreciate you, sir. We'll see you in a little while. Thank you, Nico. I'll see you at SBI. Okay, don't run to the next podcast just yet. If you're a new listener just tuning in for the first time, I just want to say again that I'm super-duper grateful that you found us and that you stayed all the way to the end. Hey, if you've loved what you've heard here today, please take the time to subscribe in Spotify, iTunes, or however you're listening to the show. And it would also be amazing if you'd take a second to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps tremendously for others to find and enjoy Suncast as much as you have. You know, there's over 180 interviews at mysuncast.com, which is where you can also find show notes social media and website links, fantastic book recommendations, and all the back catalog of other interviews chock full of goodies just like this one. And you may have heard, if you're coming to Salt Lake City September 23rd to 26th, I'll be convening about a half a dozen other podcasters and dozens of guests to broadcast and record live at the first ever podcast lounge. I am really excited for the podcast lounge and grateful to the trade show team at SETS for partnering with us to bring this to the world. Head to www.podcastlounge.live to learn more, and I hope you'll come by and see us in person. You know, I'm so happy that you chose to join me for another Suncast, and I can't wait to see you in Salt Lake City. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. Yeah.